last you guys were here, you had traveled to the town of Vilaki. You had, at the request of Ismark the Lesser, taken his sister, uh, who has been haunted by the Devil Strahd, in the town of Barovia, the daughter of the burgomaster, the recently deceased burgomaster of Barovia. You've taken Arina Konovolova with you, trying to flee the torture that uh, haunts her nightly. You took refuge in St. Andoval's church, where you convinced Father Lucian Petrovich to provide you aid and shelter. Bagamo has been haunted by uh, nightly terrors in the face of haggish women that she knows are the ones that were selling pastries that she's learned in her dreams may be made of the children that were sold to purchase said pastries that bewitch their, uh, bewitch their um, consumers. Seeing Bagmo ne'er get rest and her spirit being crushed, uh, Wet Rock Leather Mace has secretly given her portion of a dream cake inside of a healing potion. While Bagmo falls into a deep, peaceful, restful sleep for the first time and feels some restoration of her spirit, the remaining people, one, let me get a roll one here, one Urgoth, one Whitrock, and one traveling insurance salesman. <laughs> all band together and have made it through the night. They find Bagmo not conscious as the morning as she fell down after being bewitched or poisoned by something that Wetrock had just given her, blaming Lucian Petrovich. The father, to catch you up and remind you on several things, the father begged your aid. He told you that the sacred bones that protect the church have gone missing and that he suspects that the altar boy Yeska has told Milosh, the grave digger child, or the grave digger boy, that may be responsible, but he fears to confront him. The burgomaster of town, you had learned, is forcing everyone to participate in festivals of happiness because he believes that this is what keeps the devil at bay from uh, the town of Velaki. Uh, but all is not so well as uh, Wetrock spoke with uh, Wilhelmina Rikolova, and she told you that her son Udo had been imprisoned for speaking out against the burgomaster, and that she prayed that her son would be set free. All will be well is strewn across the town, as you saw uh, wolves on wolf's heads attached to pikes being taken down and uh, effigy, an effigy being placed in the center of town in the uh, uh, shape of a uh, flaming sun made out of wicker that you've learned the burgomaster intends to light a fire as a bonfire and a giant celebration. Um, the town feels distinctly less safe than it would seem. That's where we find you all now, inside of the church, St. Andrews. I have an idea. And I'm going to bring you there now, one moment. 
excuse me, as soon as I find St. Andron's. St. Andron's, where are you? There you are. And I'll set the audio scope for you. I have an idea. You have an idea, Wetrock. Yeah. What is your idea, Wetrock? What if we try to kill two birds with one stone here? We got a witch's or witch run factory of dream cakes mm -hmm. in front of the gates at a windmill. And we have a political prisoner that would be um, advantageous to break free. How do we get the city guard to leave the prison so that we can go and break out uh, this governess's son what do you think well the this you talk about the imprisoned the imprisoned shoemaker udo lukovich yeah okay is he not in the same town yes but you yeah. don't know much about him you just know that he's been imprisoned by the burgomaster and he makes a, shoes a political political imprisonment right uh Yes, his, that's what his mother claims, the old woman that was seen praying in St. Andrews. And we love her. Do we not? I mean, he, he could be in jail for, for you know, making low-quality shoes. I don't think know? we can win a head-up fight with the witches. I think we need reinforcements, and we're not going to be able to get them unless they don't think that we're asking for them. I do think that uh, I would very much like to take care of the windmill in a way that has more support um, and uh, failing that, I am sensitive to antagonizing the people of this good village. So anything that we can do to um, further the general aim of burning that windmill to the ground, I am very supportive of, even if it involves Wait, some what if, you know, what side if tasks. We didn't have to fight the witches at all. What if we could get the city guard here to fight them? I mean, that's, they, that's assuming the city guard would be able to fight some witches. I mean, they might. Well, all uh, we've got to do is keep them occupied on fire, for long enough like, to burn. I mean, you said burn it down, and you know maybe that was metaphorical, but or figurative. But if we literally set it on fire right outside of the city walls, and maybe give them some incentive to believe that it's if they uh, go there. So yeah, it's they, about a it's about a. It's about a you know a mile or so outside of town. It's um, huh. so not it's, close enough. I thought we were right out, man. I I got these cube blocks <laughs> too too short changed. I thought we yeah. were like maybe yeah. a football field away 
from it. Each each leave a each, trail of gasoline. So so each cube is about a quarter mile, and the uh, let's see here. I'm gonna count it out. The uh, windmill was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 cubes. So 24 divided by 4, that's, uh, you know, it's like... Not, um, not a football field. That's about 6 miles. I mean, it's like 6 miles is not like, like, yeah. you could take I mean, a posse. You're not, you're six not leaving, you're not leaving the, the confines of your well- fortified city i just i just want you to understand fire six miles away so yeah i just want you to understand the distances uh, here like I think, you could certainly generate a posse like six miles is not beyond the walking distance of we got a bunch of people and we're marching think, six miles like that could be I think wet rock clenches his left breast and falls to the floor <laughs> do you want to do you want to see the? do you want to see the map that you were given the father. No, I believe man. you wholeheartedly, and so I'm trying to play the it distance off is just whatever, whatever distance or an infarction. I'm <laughs> sorry. <coughs> yeah. So Never each. Mind. I I'll just uh, the windmill is the windmill is here. The windmill is here. You guys are here in Velaki, and each hex is about a quarter mile. Yeah, give well, or take. My idea was shit, and thank you for thoroughly explaining why it was shit. But that's I think a, uh, I that's think okay. I'm, you're a you're feeling... a, you're a drunk. You know, you should leave this to you know wise men who who are in good businesses. You know, like insurance. Um, but Beasley just really feels like if you do want to get the goodwill of the the people. And not antagonize, you know, the governor of this town, then perhaps recovering the bones of St. Andrew uh, might be the way to do it. People would feel, you know, grateful that we've returned some protection to and them. It, and it, would and it also doesn't make us an enemy of the burgomaster, you know, right, right away, kind of, kind of uh, a nice happy medium. Of, and it would uh, and it would also um, play into the burgermaster's whole um, whole uh, uh, optics thing he's got going on here about how this is a safe place and things are going in the right direction. And exactly. I like I like this plan. We might be able to even negotiate a quid pro quo um, if you can help us. We will be happy to help you with. The real problem, which is that windmill, if you will help us in terms of manpower and a posse, and then to sweeten the deal, we will also help you. So it's like a quid pro quo pro quid pro quo. <laughs> this is a good idea. I like it. Where's those bones? This, like, this they can't, sounds they can't have exactly far. like the complicated deal Bert Beasley just thrives on. Just Yeah. 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 Spending the probabilities, brother. Uh, Wet Rock uh, just a single tear rolls down his cheek as he slides back first down a pew, clutching his chest, continuing on with the ruse that he is having 
some sort of medical episode. But he's crying, and he means it. Meanwhile, um, what's happening with Bagamo? Bagamo is snoring. Are you guys you know, trying to wake Bagmo up? Are you waiting for Bagmo to wake up? Or what you doing? Mm. What time is it? Is it, is it? is it the morning? I think it's the morning because we had just morning. we just slept and then woke up and then you know, we then just went through dragged. a single watch of what four hours. Uh, you had eight. an eight hour. You had an eight hour long rest. Oh, All of you've yeah. gotten a long rest except Bagamo. Um, I, I try to wake Bagamo up. Say rise and sun. Okay. Bakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. You just coming over and sort of shaking her shoulder? I think so. Oh, yeah. So, light, sort of light shaking and that sort of stuff doesn't seem to do much. She continues peacefully dreaming. If I was forced to eat children, and I do not even get my long grass out of this, Bagabo is just going to have a full breakdown. Do I think that waking her up will will uh, harm her ability of having a decent night slumber? Is there anything I can roll to uh, define okay. that? Urgoth, I'll, Urgoth, I'm going to let you decide that based on the information you know. I'm going to tell you the information Urgoth knows. Okay? Uh-huh. This is what you know. You know that Bagamo rested at night. That she woke up unwell and unrested, extremely fatigued. You know that the uh, priest gave her uh, a healing potion that you have learned that Wet Rock spiked with a cookie. She drank it, and then she passed out on the ground, literally like fell down, down on the ground, and is not conscious anymore. You know, the light stimulation has not woken her up. She appears to be sleeping peacefully currently. From a role-play perspective... That's uh, what Urgoth knows. Can I lean on Urgoth's veterinary training um, through a medicine check? Yes, absolutely. Roll me a medicine check. Oh, damn! Um, I couldn't have gotten that earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's stable. She's sleeping comfortably. And she appears for the first time since you've been observing her to actually be resting. Like, you can see like the like energy and spirit returning to her. And it gives you some pause, Urgoth, to to break that uh, that peaceful slumber that you see before you. Now you may feel so, Urgoth, with a crit on a medicine check, you feel like if you were to disturb her slumber, that she would not be rested. Okay, so um, I share perhaps the this is perhaps this is perhaps this is unnatural sleep, and maybe this is not even good sleep. But, like, if you were to wake her, you were convinced that she would be unrested. 
Um, so I'm going to uh, share with the rest of the group that I think that for good or bad, she's sleeping soundly. And this is the first sound sleep she's had in a quite a long time. And I think we should let her be. Allow me to pause and metagame with you for a moment. If you elect to let her sleep for eight hours, I will fast forward that eight hours, you know, just sort of, unless a random, uh, I have to roll for some random things, but unless a random thing happens, I will, you know, it happens. Sure. Yeah. I'm fully behind that. Uh, so I'm not going to make you play a session. I'm not going to make you play a whole session without Amy. Just be like, all right, Amy, go clean the kitchen or something. No, we're watch another episode of Downton Abbey. <laughs> she needs to sleep. That was the whole point. Let her sleep. Let's yeah. fast forward. And I, feel, and, I, and I feel like and too. I feel like we need her to guide us through this. I mean, she's kind of been, yeah. Uh, I guess the most steadfast uh, compass on our journey so far. And I feel like that too. Uh, Urgoth is the end of the day. <laughs> A veterinarian so the not understanding any of the deeper ramifications of this and just only getting the surface level she's sleeping really soundly maybe just let, let's let it yeah I, I feel pretty good about that being my advice to the rest of the group and so whatever okay. y'all however y'all think we should proceed i will happily support the that father agrees that she can she can she can sleep in his quarters if you like if you want to keep her here or if you want you have accused you accused him of poisoning, but uh, he steadfastly denies this, and uh, he understands if you wish to take her elsewhere to the Blue Water Inn or to any other location. This seems as good of a place as any else. Anywhere else. We apologize for impugning your honor, and... Uh... We are happy to let that be water under uh, <clears throat> ale under the bridge. If uh, I volunteer to carry her, all right, I'm strong. Yep, uh, you're able to put Bogomo in uh, priest's quarters, flop her down, and uh, she can sleep peacefully there. You put her in the bed, and nighty-night. Father uh, Lucian Petrovich agrees that he will be attending to his priestly duties in his office and will keep an eye out if you have other things that you need to be doing while in town. He says, usually, he says, usually during the day, it is rather quiet here until nighttime services. We have nightly prayers to St. Andrew, as you've seen previously, but... Uh, it will be quiet during the day, mostly. I will watch over her. No one, no one enters my quarters. Um, if you have other, if you have other business while she sleeps. I think Bert basically just wants to balance his spreadsheets and uh, wait. Okay. Ergoth, anything? I want to start uh, going around the village and um, picking up, uh, gathering pieces of kindling, because um, I'm, I'm I, I I am enthusiastic about burning this thing down. So, <laughs> spare lumber, whatever. I'm just going to start piling it up outside the front of the church. 
Okay. Um, roll me perception as you are walking around picking up stuff. Just hot rolls there. Hot dog. Damn. Okay, Urgoth. You're a veterinarian. With a 21 on your perception check, you're walking around the town. I'm going to take you back to the town square of Alaki. Um, A couple of things you notice, Urgoth. You're very, very, very perceptive. Uh, you catch out of the corner of your eye uh, someone that is following you and kind of keeping their distance, watching you as you go around looking for, like, kindling and things like that. And they're doing a pretty darn good job of keeping quiet, but um, but they're all the same. Still, they're uh, they're uh, definitely someone is uh, shadowing you. You sort of catch glimpses of them out of your eye as you round corners. With a twenty-one, another thing that catches your eye is you pass by multiple buildings. Um, you pass by the Burgomaster's Mansion. And the town square. And in the town square, there are several people in stocks that are, like, left out there. And most of them um, aren't saying anything or even conscious looking. They just sort of are lying there with their head and arms in shackles. Made an example out of, it seems. There are signs posted around that say, all will be all is well. And the people appear very dour and not well. But the one thing that catches your eye the most as a veterinarian is you see ravens. And it's strange to you because it's more than you would expect as a vet. And they are all perched on the roof of one building. Lots of them. Uh, the Blue Water Inn has sort of just sort of, you know... As a vet, and with your perception walking around town and picking up stuff, you see these birds perched up there, and you know that that's not natural for ravens to behave sort of in this way. It's unusual for a raven. Um, and with that, with that perception check, roll me nature. You could take advantage, you veterinarian. You. Huh. <laughs> Yes, that's not on there. We're not committing copyright flaw. Uh, <laughs> uh, with, sure a fine. with a fourteen, um, with a fourteen, uh, the ravens are also watching you, <laughs> which is sort of unusual behavior. Uh, you managed to find your kindling and little pieces of sticks and things. Yeah. And make your way back to uh, St. Andral's uh, from the town square. Interesting. And that's what you see. Okay. Um, I share that with a group when I get back to the church. Mm. Things unnoticed. And you know you're being tailed. 
Well, I wonder who could uh, who could be following us. You know, we're pretty new in this town, but yeah, mystery, mystery of our time. Maybe it is uh, simply um, someone for hire uh, for the burgomaster, just curious about who these randos are that just showed up. And yeah, they're just are, keeping tabs. Are we on all us. together? Are we all together right now, or is or are yes? We, okay. Yeah, I've re, yeah, I've returned to the chapel. Well, okay. So I'm going to give you. I mean, you guys, we you guys pissed were... off one of the dealers in the last town. I wouldn't rule out that someone is interested in whether or not we want to bring down an operation. Yeah, you also were in town asking questions at the church service. So you're you're strangers that have been seen and, you know, like uh forcibly heard, probably. Uh, uh, so Bert, yeah. Bert basically I, I wouldn't this, uh... I wouldn't be surprised if we've already made enemies here. Um Wet Rock, did you or uh you have any downtime activities that you wanted to work on? Uh, training in something, reading something, since you're just sort of taking downtime. And uh, Urgoth did some exploration to learn some things. But Wet Rock and Bert, you Bert, you're balancing spreadsheets. Does that have a? Do you have a mechanical benefit that you're trying to achieve? Like you're yeah, that's, more that's just changing changing some spells. Okay, that's uh that's balancing spreadsheets. All right, and uh, what about you, Wet Rock? Like, yeah. Like during downtime like that, this is an opportunity to like learn a new, new learn new languages, develop a new skill, become proficient in something. I think uh, he's feeling pretty bad and pretty stupid. Um, he got the result that he wanted, but now he's wondering if it is actually what it seems to be, and if he made a huge mistake. So I think. You know, if he's not, I think he would probably go towards the inn to find uh, a bar. But um, but if if we all end up back at the the church anyway, I, I will say that uh, you know I think he's he's thinking about it, and okay. he's he's not really moving. He kind of peeps around to see. If everybody's gone, so we can stop his fake uh, infarction, and then yeah, uh, Bert uh, Beasley's not paying attention. Bert Beasley's doing some meditating or something, and Urgoth went off looking for wood. If you're heading to the inn, looking no, the inn, I'm not. I'm not heading towards the inn. I think okay. So if that's the scenario, then yep. I think I'm sitting there. And when I went down, I had a tear coming down from what uh, Bert Beasley said. But now they're just coming down in general. I think he's, oh, wow. yeah, I think he's, uh, he's upset and he's thinking about what he's done. Okay. It is 4 p.m. When you, uh, Urgoth, you arrive back from gathering your kindling and it has been eight hours and you hear a yawn and the awakening of Bogmo. Bogmo, you find yourself in a strange place in a bed that is an unfamiliar bed and you like are initially a little bit terrified because you have no idea where you're all you are and you quickly realize that you were back in the one of the most dreary places imaginable 
that you have left the most peaceful, lovely place that Bogmo could possibly imagine, which was what? I think you said it was like the chapel that you previously were at punching people or something. Something like that. You're like at your old church punching people. And now you're back here in this dreary place and you realize where you are and you're awake and you look around and uh, you uh, are uh, wet rock. Hear Bagmo stir. Bagmo, take a long rest. Refresh, um, refresh yourself. You, um, I need to look something up real quick. One, one moment. Need to make sure about something. Uh, Bogmo, you have maximum health, but you do not regain your hit points. Like the hit points that you've lost towards your max. Do you remember what your max was before it started being reduced? Uh, my max was 31. Okay, and what did it reduce to? 19. So it's still 19. You gain back to 19. You get all of your spell slots back, and you lose one level of exhaustion. How many levels were you at? Two, I think. So you're at level one exhaustion. So I'm, are my max hit points are still 19? Yes. You're 19. You've gained all of them back, but you have not regained your 31 yet. You feel better. You certainly feel better, but you're definitely not fully restored. Um, are you back at scene with me here in her? Yes, stir? you're back at scene. Uh, Bogmo, you, Bogmo, you intrinsically know after getting asleep, you just know this. Your life force that has been taken from you, half of it, she has it. The old hag in your dreams, you know that she has it. And you're awake and seen. Urgoth, you're there. You hear him stir. Bert, you're there. And I think all of you are there together when you hear Bogmo stir. 4 p.m. And go. How do you feel? I feel... Relaxed? That's not quite the word I would use. I feel less terrible. That's it. I do feel what? less terrible. I don't feel... You know, like I usually do after a long snooze. But less terrible. Bogmo, less you terrible. felt like you felt like if it happened one more time, you were gonna die. Mm -hmm. Like it was going to kill you in your sleep. You were going to become so exhausted that it was literally going to kill you. So you feel like like you were you literally were convinced that you were dying, and that the dying is staved off. So you feel that. Do I? What did you see? Is what? Did you see anything? Did you have dreams? Oh, uh, I remembered a a faith and fitness class I used to do. <laughs> yeah. My pals, you know, some praying, some sit ups, some planks, yeah. some singing. All all my favorite things. Singing while planking. Yeah really works your core it does 
That's how I built this house. So, so you had dreams about good times then? Yes, it was strange. I haven't had any good dreams since I got here. Wow. That is a blessing. I'm so Do I know what, what was done to me? Fogma, make an insight check. Hmm. 24? Yeah, Pogma, with the 24, I think you probably can put the pieces together as you have a strong craving to go back there. Uh, maybe you don't know if it, maybe you're uncertain if that is indeed what happened, but like what you feel is this craving to get back there. How can that be any there. different than how she was feeling before? No, no, like she's never had a dream before. When you're asleep and you wake up from a oh, sleep. she's craving to get back to the dream world. To the dream, thought, like okay, yeah. I like, thought you were never... talking about back to the the place that we right. Know, so uh, like Bogmo's never had a dream before that she's woken up from and is just like craved to go back to her dream. Gotcha. I think those witches might have cursed me somehow. They are very devious witches. Have you seen the witches in your dream? No, but I feel. You have Strange. when they you have you have when they've tormented you before. Yeah, but she's lying. They tormented me lie. before. They tormented me, and now they must be trying something new. Perhaps they want me to keep sleeping so I don't come and kick their ass. Well, asses need to be kicked. As you're having this conversation, the people begin to file into the church for nightly services. And uh, multiple citizens begin to just sort of file in. Um, you know, it's like 6 p.m. or so, so night service is about to begin. We all like to find a more uh, Bert, secular place to gather. Is uh, Bert Bailey's on the lookout for if this uh, this grave digger, right? Uh, Milosh? Is maybe coming in. Uh, yeah, okay. Let me put some people in the church you know here's the church here's the steeple open the doors and here are all the people where are the people at jeff i'm populating them give it a minute um you see the same old woman uh whose son was udo who comes to pray for her son and they begin to file into pews you see the young altar boy uh, the priest on his uh, turns to his thing and um, without too much uh, difficulty well maybe it's too much difficulty hang on yes you you see the boy Milosh that uh the uh, priest spoke about he comes and sort of sits down in one of the pews and i'll give you his uh picture are you all seeing the church or the greater town map are you not on the church map yeah okay. we're still on the um we're still on the, the, the town yeah okay i'm gonna bring you back to the church Ooh. Violent Bogomo is there. People are here for the nightly services, and yes, you see the uh, 
You see the boy Miloš that Father Lucian Petrovich spoke about. Uh, here's what he looks like. I don't know who that is saying no, 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 no. Wait, you don't? No, not a clue. Is this like a torture background? <laughs> no, seriously, what is going on? No, of the story that we are missing. Oh, you're in a terrible Jeff one scene ahead. Listen, this is St. Andral's Church, and the thing that is selected is church noises. So apparently, that's church noises in this part of the country. Maybe somebody spilled the incense or something. More well, like altar boy sounds. That's what I was thinking, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, you haven't investigated that, so you don't know. I don't want to know. Uh, Milos. Uh, Milos is not the altar boy. Milos is the grave okay, digger. God. He's the young man grave digger that the priest suspects. Well, I didn't know if he pulled double duty or whatever. No, the altar boy is Yeska. Bert Beasley would like to approach um, the grave digger guy. This okay. guy. Yeah. You can and, approach him. Um, He'd like to see, uh, just kind of size him up with a quick perception check and, you know, see what he can tell about this fellow. All right. Roll me perception. Burt Beasley is not a good judge of character. <clears throat> you know, he's normally would uh, be evaluating people based on their, you know, forms that they filled out rather than, you know, he himself. Um, he sort of is standing, he's not, I would say he's not in the pew, he's sort of standing in the back of the church. Uh, he apparently just got through digging a grave not long ago, earlier today. He appears, this is just what you get with a four, with a five, okay? He appears, not a four. He, five. Not great. This is your perception. He is slightly, he appears stronger than like an average person. He's kind of muscled a bit. Uh, he has sort of a flat expression on his face, and he is carrying with him what looks like a shovel that uh, has fresh dirt on it that he sort of leans against as he leans against the back wall, watching the father and watching the services. Uh, Bert Beasley is going to approach and say, Hello, grave digger. It seems you've been very busy in this town lately. Alas, alas unfortunately. Grave what? digging is grave digging is an is a necessary thing. How did you get how did you become a grave digger? You know, is there like a like a job fair or was it like hereditary? How did... ah, I help for I help the father. He oh. provides he provides me with with food and money. Money that my family much needs. It is job. How long have you been uh, working for this father here? I work for St. Andrews, but three years. Does it pay well, this job? Does, is it, it is enough for a man to raise a family on? No, it is certainly not enough. I need money for my younger sisters and brothers. They need money for food. But it brings in some. Don't we all? 
and he yeah. sort of like he sort of like wipes the sweat off of his brow a little bit and says, "It is honest work." Uh, Bert Beasley is going to ask, uh, you know, if he's heard about uh, what's happened to the the bones of this church and how tragic it is if this, you know. One safe place has been, you know, desecrated and uh, looted, and he, wants to see what his reaction to that that is. He says, "That is unfortunate. I was not aware." You you weren't aware that the most holy relic of the place you you work in was stolen. I did not even know that we had the relic. Wow! How, are you new here? It is not something that has been told. Who are you? Um, uh, roll me insight, uh, uh, Bert. Sure. Sorry, am I not there? Uh, I don't know. Did you did you walk up with Bert? Uh, I am I on did. the pew. I'm on the pew with the rest of the crew. Uh, he's in the back, leaning against the wall, and Bert Beasley got up and walked back to the back uh, to speak to him. Gotcha. So you certainly can walk back there if you so chose. You saw Bert. So here's what you see. You see Bert walk to the back and is having a conversation with someone. Would you, Wetrock, get up and go see what, what's up? Or would you continue to sit with the rest? No, I would go. I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'm comfortable. I'm going. I'm just buttoning in. Okay, then you also hear him say, I did not know we had the relic. And you may roll inside as well. Thanks. Uh, is it? Yeah, it's just a regular throw inside. Insight. Insight check. Rolled it. Almost it's twice just, as good. It's just going to depend on what Milos rolls. Okay. Um, he rolls a 10, uh, which is bad. So, Wetrock, uh, um, Wetrock, he's not telling the full truth. He's lying. Uh, Bert, you buy it. He doesn't, he's like, I did not know we had the relic. It is not something the father tells or has you told joy. Working here. He says it pays money. Money needed. Yeah. I don't enjoy digging graves, but money is money. You don't enjoy the what? Digging graves. Uh, I do not enjoy digging graves, but money is money. Of course, but it's a necessary service, and I respect you for doing it. It must be done. You prefer not to bury the dead. Ugh. Honest but, work. Honest work. Do yeah, you, you know always... you know he's lying, White Rock. Yeah, I know. Okay. Do you uh always do honest work? I do not know what you mean. Well, if you think about it and want to talk about it, I'll be outside after service. Are you trying to you trying to make like a intimidation kind of thing? Well, I guess like I'm a... just kind of proffering. Yeah, an offer of of maybe maybe seedy work is what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're trying to sort of like he said he looks at you and says, 
Okay. What is it you have in mind? We will we will talk. Alright, I'll be outside. Okay. Uh anybody got anything they want to else do in the service? Okay. Service comes to an end. Uh it's now like eight o'clock at night. And the people are all sort of filing out of the church. Let me file them out. Everybody that's not you guys. And Irina. And um, as you sort of head out there, Miloš is standing outside with his shovel. And says, I, you have job? Well, I was just thinking. We haven't been here that long. And we... Seem to have already made some enemies. Um, I wouldn't know anything about this. Well, do you know of people in the city looking for work that do follow jobs? I would not know anything about this. Would you know them if you saw them? I know many people, perhaps. All right. Well, my friend, Bert, one of the party, one of the members of our Ergoth. party was followed. Oh, Ergoth, yeah, was followed um, earlier today. I'd like to find out who's following us. And if you see some familiar faces around when we're around while you're doing your work, uh, if you tell me, I'd pay. I will keep eye out. I do not know much about this, but. Uh... I can sort, but money is needed. My brothers and sisters, they just to feed them. It's it is not easy. So, have you always done honest work, grave digging, etc.? I, I work hard. I bring home money. But you're not yes. a stranger to doing something. I do not know what you are implying. Do you know how to work quiet? I can. I am no thief. Have you you have eyes. Of course. They see good. Yes. All right. Use them, and you'll make some money. I will do so. Uh, Bert, Bert Beasley wants to ask um, where where he lives with his brother and sister because. Uh, Gorkin Sons has always been a big uh, a philanthropist, uh, especially to needy children. It says, uh, we live here in Velaki, in a small house. In a small house in Velaki. Okay, that's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Bert, uh, in fact, uh, everybody can roll me uh, in sight on him. <laughs> If you're all there, is it just Bert there, or is Urgot there and Bogmo there? I am sticking close to Bogmo because um, my um, I, I I feel a little bit attached to Bogmo since so Bogmo, um, would you, there's you some medical other? stuff going on, so I'm keeping an eye on Bogmo. Okay, so it um, depends on where Bogmo is. Well, it sounds like seems like Bogmo's there at the scene. I'm just kind of you know. Oh, yep. There's so standing around pondering nearby. Uh, Bogmo and Urgoth, as 
he's uh, as uh, Milush is having this conversation with uh, Wetrock, who's telling him, you know how to work quiet. Uh, he sort of is darting his eyes around like nervously, like he's he says, I would not know what you're talking about. But he, he's acting sort of a little nervous. KG. Yeah, KG. He's, well, like, you guys are, I don't know, maybe it's just you guys are strangers in town, he doesn't really know who you are. You've come up to him, you're like, hey, we got some... He, he told us a lot about his life. I don't, I don't know. Oh, he grave digs to keep feed his brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, either he's honest or he isn't. I think. Well, you you know he's being cagey. Yeah, I I think we could find out. Uh, Bert Beasley just plans to follow him home later and okay. you know, see what there is to see. Okay. And you were not. Yeah, it was Ergoth that was far that was followed. The Genosi. So let's just make sure that he recognizes who the person is that we saw being followed. Okay. Or that came back and told us that he was followed. Okay. Well, it's nighttime now. It's like uh, 8 o'clock. So uh, Milosh uh, sort of looks at you and he says, I bid you good night. There are two funerals tomorrow and I must be up early to dig grave. The unfortunate... He looks over and he says, they died in the Burgomaster's stocks. And then he sort of looks at you and he says, all is well. I tell him I'll be seeing him. He nods and uh, takes his shovel and tosses it over his shoulder and a little bit of the dirt falls off. And he uh, proceeds to walk out into the streets. I don't know if we can trust him, but I'm not opposed to paying for some friends at this point. We know what we need to do, and we know what we want to do, and if we're going to do either one of them, we're going to need someone other than us. So, I like your idea of doing business with these people because we're moving into these villages and they've been here for a long time in these very dark, in this very dark place um, with danger around every corner and the, and the Baron lurking in the shadows over everything and witches. And, you know, we're finding out a lot of these horrors, but these people have lived with them for a long time and we just come sort of, you know, prancing through here, I wouldn't trust us either. So right. I think that I like your idea of, you know, um, giving them some reason to sort of uh, take us seriously beyond just trust, because I don't trust any of these people, and I don't blame them for not trusting us. Exactly. So I think that's all reasonable. We need to buy a little equity. Yeah, and okay. You know, if we have, end up paying him for nothing, hopefully we can, you know, know whether or not he's telling us the truth and, uh, okay. you know, and so you, try to gain something from it one way or the other, whether the information's good or not. Sure. So, uh, and having a grave digger, it's a bleak job. 
if we need someone to give us something about you know some dirt then that's a good guy to to know okay um yeah um all right so he's he's, so he's so he's walking off but we still didn't learn anything about the relic no he claimed we're gonna have to get out of the church he claimed he claimed to not know anything about it uh you you, a couple of you knew that he was not being fully honest but you did not push him on it nope not yet we'll wait um is the uh has the church pretty much emptied out now yeah, just Father Petrovich. And we're ahead. outside of the church, right? Yeah, you're just outside of the church. Mm-hmm. Just standing outside of the church on the streets where you were talking to Midosh. Yeah. I want to go back into the church and I'm going to ask um I'm I'm going to ask the um preacher uh inquire his opinion on how, how likely it would be that somebody lives in this village would not have been aware A that the relics exist and B that they were missing. Okay. He said the priest says I have confided in you about the bones of St. Andrew, but no one else knows about, has known about them but me and Yeska, my assistant. It has been secret, kept from all. The holy relic is something that is uh, was buried beneath the floors here in the church and kept uh, no one knew, which is why it is worrisome to me that it was taken and why I suspect that the boy that it that, that Milosh was involved. He admitted that he had told Milosh about the relics, but uh, I know of no one else that knew of their existence. So right now you know that uh, you know for certain now, Ergoth, that Milosh was lying. Because the priest tells you that Yeska admitted he told Milosh about them. Thank you, Father. Uh, I appreciate your time. And but, so no one, I... but no one knew. Hmm. Where can we find Yeska? Uh, he says Yeska. He. Uh... Oh wait, I'm not even in there. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeska's the altar boy. He. Uh, yeah, he come... I remember, but that's fine. He comes around daily. Um, I, uh, go back outside the church where the rest of the party is sort of gathered, you know, talking about, and I sort of report back to them saying, Hey, uh, so I just had a quick chat with, um, the priest and, uh, and then I tell them what he said. I knew he was lying, <laughs> but that makes me even happier that we got him doing something for us for an expected payday. Yeah. We need to watch yes. this guy. Maybe. And I think maybe that's the moment where I sort of share, you know, if I was him, I don't know that I would trust us either. And I'm not sure that I blame him for, you know, playing his cards close to the chest about what he knows and doesn't know. And it was sort of cool about everything we were asking about. Well, you said that Yeska was the one that confided in him. That's what the priest did. We see, did we see where, where he went? After the service? Uh, you did not. You were not paying attention to him specifically. Mm. Bert so you, you, had an, to... you had an eye on Miloš, but you were not looking. You No one told me they were watching Yiska. But we know where Miloš is. 
Bert basically uh, wants to Veloge follow Veloge is walking Veloge. away. Oh, okay. I'm stealthily. All right. Roll. Is anybody going with Bert Beasley following Miloš as he starts walking? As he's walking now, probably a couple hundred yards ahead of you through the city. I don't. I mean, so this is outside of character, but I kind of feel like this would be something if it's going to work, where Bert goes kind of on his own stealthily. Maybe we don't even notice that he left. That's, that's fine. That's my Bert is, my thought. Bird is super unstealthy, so you you <laughs> might have. So he might have been trying to sneak away, but then fell in the, <laughs> tripped right. over his own All feet. Right. All right, Bert, roll me that stealth check. Yep. Yeah. Not not very stealthy. Bert, um, are you okay? Bert just walks off through the town. Just clank, 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 clank. Are you wearing armor or anything? Oh yeah, that's that's why I have disadvantage. Cap shoes. Yeah, you're you you just are clanking through the city streets. It's actually his uh, his abacus that he uses. <laughs> he's About... just got a he's just got a strap to his back. It's just. <laughs> After about uh, a, like two minutes of walking, you've sort of caught up to within like 20 yards of, or maybe, maybe you say 20, 30 yards of uh, Miloš. He looks back over his shoulder directly at you, Bert. And then he just looks back forward and uh, continues walking and eventually walks over to a house. Are you continuing to follow him at this point? Uh, yes, but Bert Beasley is uh as he's walking or are you feigning that you're going a different direction or something no I, he actually he starts looking around at uh all the houses kind of like inspecting them as if he were doing uh okay a home and home inspections inspection. you're doing in homes Romy yeah. uh Romy deception because you're oh, still okay. keeping an eye on what okay. he's doing oh performance right, performance it's, would do it's two. plus two either way so not not uh, great yeah he looks over at you like Iedly, like you're putting on a bad job of like <laughs> looking at the glass and looking at the windows and you keep looking over at him and then looking at the house and then you keep you, you can't like focus on the house you keep turning and looking at him and he just sort of looks at you shakes his head and then proceeds to walk into a uh house and uh slams the door wow um Okay, Bert Beasley is uh, now embarrassed and ashamed that his ruse did not work. I mean, you, and, you, I mean, you rolled bad. What can I do for you? Yeah, no, he's he's embarrassed and ashamed that his ruse did not work. Uh, but at this point, he feels like he has no other option but to just just keep going and inspecting the fire escapes of the the house that uh, he just wanted to. Yeah. Um. Or none. No fire escapes. Small. Well, I mean, that's 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 pretty bad. They don't have, you he know, multiple egress points. Bert Beasley makes a note. Yeah. Code yes, compliance very low. <laughs> Milosh's house is very small, um, and as you approach it, you can see him through the windows. Uh, the curtains are drawn, but you're able to peek sort of through the uh, a little bit of the curtain if you so choose. I do. I just I want to find out if it looks like you know they have more food or things in there that look like you could get making a 
meager salary as a grave digger. Sure. Roll me perception. Um, a little bit. Yeah, there's food on the table. Okay, but is it like is it like nicer food than maybe no. you think? No, no, not like not like somebody's made like a gajillion dollars here or something. But like maybe, but maybe. Okay, okay. Uh, that's all Bert Beasley wants to know, and he's going to head back to back to the church and report his findings. Uh, okay. That, but he's going to omit that he was definitely found out for sure. Yeah, Bert doesn't admit that. This dude definitely knew that he was being tailed by Bert. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But well, I feel like, you know, maybe that could just be par for the town is, you know, that everyone is getting followed and all the people doing the following are bad. So, you know, it's hard to, hard well, to tell. Maybe that's just a cultural thing of the... Of the and of the that also, we already knew that he would be willing to do something shady for money. Or at least in theory um so you know him having a little bit more than what a grave digger has isn't shocking to me but the extent to which he knows about anything greater going on outside of this town or even outside of you know his immediate circle seems unlikely but Bert Beasley does he does start to wonder if maybe you know this altar boy uh, could have been behind it and is now setting a you know false trail that's something he came across a lot in uh, insurance fraud ah mm. interesting yeah so you think we need to talk to Yevgeny or what? what is the boy's name yes Yeska. Yeska. yes that, that is correct probably so did you see Yeska in the house that you looked into or just the food on the tape? I didn't see him. Bert Beasley initially wasn't interested in Yeska because <laughs> he has a pretty low opinion of uh, people who do blue collar jobs. So he's definitely sure the grave digger uh, was was involved. Gotcha. And he's older. Well, Melotius may be like 1920 and Yeska is maybe like 10. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen any uh, dream junkies? No. When you were walking around? I don't think they're in this town. I mean, we haven't or we haven't come across them anyway. Isn't that interesting? Well, it's uh, it's all those happy festivals, you know. People all need to turn to drugs when they have a sense of community. That's an interesting observation, too, because, like, everybody's looking dour and, you know, sort of sullen. But, like, if they were high on those biscuits, I feel like, you know, these these are utterly unmedicated people. (laughs) Yeah, which is what we've seen in almost every town that we've encountered along our journey here, at least. Now, now, Velaki did have the gates that you had to get through to enter Velaki. True. True. And we Barovia, haven't uh, observed the nightlife yet. Barovia was mostly not hung out in the church. So yep. maybe we uh, maybe we spend some time at the local tavern and see what kind of 
clientele they have. But if we want to recruit for um, an assault on the windmill, then we've got to be smart. Agreed. Um, it might not be a bad idea to um, to check out a tavern and get a bite to eat. I'm and, famished. Um, yeah, and see what uh, see what some other people look like here while we round up the night. I'd also love to taste the local spirits. See what we're working against. Sure. Bagmo, how are you feeling? I've been I've been better. <laughs> trying to think of some strategies how we're gonna kill these witches. Maybe uh we can round up some drunken hooligans who wanna go fling themselves into battle. Oh, that's a, actually not a bad idea. It's um, not a terrible one. How do we rile are... up a bar full of drunk hooligans? Yeah, that's, that would be one way to storm the um, windmill. If we all die out there, though, you know, we need to make sure that we have someone... This sounds terrible. And if it wasn't so dire, I wouldn't even suggest it. But... <laughs> We need to have someone that these people care about with us when we storm it so that if things turn south, there's at least an opportunity or a chance, hope for reinforcements. I think that's fair. But I also want to burn it down. And perhaps, well, I don't know if the stores are open, but... We need, we need fire implements. I need to, uh, maybe we can find some, some way to make a rocket. My uncle used to make rockets. What's a rocket? Well, it's just basically a, um, a bomb on a stick that has a delayed fuse and a uh, propulsion <laughs> upon lighting, oh. uh, so we can, yeah, so I it can be these... a distance a distance weapon with an explosive ending. I remember these when I was very young. Uh, the uh, village where I grew up had a volcano, and 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 burning uh, burning uh, uh, pieces of uh, lava would shoot out the top and go arcing across the sky. So those were rockets. Yeah, I've only ever heard the term. I haven't seen them in action, but my grandpa or my uncle used to make them. Wow. And, uh, you can make and, them? And, and if wow. I I feel like if I can if I can find the right books maybe I can figure something out. But we're going to need something more than moxie. You, you have completely engrossed uh Ergoth's attention here. He's fascinated. Fire. Fire, baby. Fire. Um, meanwhile, okay. uh, let's let's make tracks to the tavern. Um, they'll, okay. they'll close eventually, probably. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I have a map for the tavern. 
but I have not sized it properly because didn't anticipate you guys are going to go there. So this we is for your you out with, our, should, with our death plan. Huh? Should I ask him more questions about rockets until? <laughs> yeah, or or <laughs> maybe we maybe we all go back to the kid's house and and all get a look. So no, you guys have that. Do you have that put together? Or it's it's all good. We're just going to use theater of the mind here. And there we we'll go. Use, and uh, I'll have a map ready for the next session. I have a map. It's just not sized right, so everything looks funky. <clears throat> okay. Um, as you walk down the streets of the town of Alaki, looking for an inn, uh, you come across the same building that you saw before at Urgoth that struck you as strange with the ravens that were behaving somewhat abnormally. And again, you see the ravens perched on the roof of this building. And you notice them, Urgoth. Maybe, I don't know if you say anything or not, but they are definitely, ravens are definitely watching you. Um, so, so there uh, is, as, as we on. pass, just right quick. Okay. One moment. Let me set the scene here. Okay. Gray smoke is issuing from the chimney of this large two-story wooden building with a stone foundation and a sagging tile roof upon which several ravens have perched. A wooden sign hanging above the main entrance depicts a blue waterfall, and the sign says, Blue Water Inn. Now, proceed. Um, as we sort of walk past and I notice uh, these ravens, um, I, sort of, uh, I sort of scoot close to Bert, and I say, Bert, I, I may be misremembering but uh, were there ravens around when the Baron showed up? Oh, Bert Beasley says, for sure, ravens in this part of the world have always uh, been a bad sign. When the Baron, sh what Baron? Um, when, when he showed up in the middle of that field. Count um, Strahd. And we, and we, yeah, Count Strahd. I'm no. sorry, Count, Count Strahd. No, there were not. Because my memory is not always the greatest, and so... No. We have run into ravens before, for sure. Yeah. But maybe that was just at the bridge? Okay. But yeah, they don't seem to be making any threat towards you, but definitely you're being eyed. Hmm. I would uh, let my parakeet out to see if it could make friends, but um, the parakeet is like you know, four and a half inches tall, and ravens are huge, and so there's a very high likelihood that... Um, That's your they, call, man. If they weren't friends, uh, the parakeet would, would, not, would get the lesser end of uh, the situation, so I don't think I'm going to do that. What if you use the parakeet to maybe draw in an interested raven, and then you could use your animal handling skills to maybe entune something from that raven, or coax it to uh, talk to your parakeet. Let me refresh my memory. I don't think I can I can talk to animals. So um, I think that's yeah. a good idea. Um, but I, I think I'm just going to... Ooh, wait a minute. So um, quick uh, game mechanics question here, Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, one of the items that um, you tentatively let me keep, it was a custom item, the staff of bird calls. Yeah. Uh, do mm. I do I did did I in fact get to keep it? Yeah. At, at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, this is a, a staff that um, has a number of charges on it that will allow me to um, make the noise of specific birds. And I use it in my veterinary work. Mm -hmm. And so um, I thought I had it uh, ready to go here, but um, I don't have the sheet. Well, just role play it out. Are you making raven calls? Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to use my staff of bird calls and sort of tap it against the um, the cobblestones of the street um, okay. to activate it and see if okay. they respond at all. Um, yeah, so you make this sign and um, they um, they look at you and there's a little bit of like, you know that how a dog like tilts its head a little bit when it's sort of trying to understand something? They kind of do that. And roll me, or roll me animal handling or insight, whichever you're better at. Yeah, let's see. I'm going to go with animal handling. Okay. Um, the movements that the birds are making, Ergoth, mm -hmm. is not bird movement. It, okay. it's, they're not moving like a bird would move. Okay, that's what um, I wanted to get out of the staff, is if they would react in a natural way and they, they react in a, they, they react in an unnatural way. And furthermore, with a 17 animal handling, Urgoth, you catch their bird eyes, and there is intelligence there. You are certain of it. Like, they are seeing and interpreting what you're trying to do. And there is an intelligence that is there. Okay. Um, you don't get a sense of friend, foe, or what, right. but um, something. I, in a very, very low voice, uh, sort of tell everybody those aren't ravens. I don't know what they are, but they're intelligent, but they are not real ravens. So be on your guard. I'm not sure if they're good or bad. But whatever they are, they are not what they look like. What are they? What are they watching? You. We are a little bit conspicuous. Well, well, you, well. You that all was one well, of our cards. <laughs> you all, well-armed travelers, they are watching you. In their defense, uh, we're somewhere. Bog Bogomo, I will refresh your memory as you have mentioned something. This card tells of history. The knowledge of the ancient will help you better understand your enemy. Uh, bu -bu -bu. Her dark pupils shift from side to side as they're reading through an unseen text. I see a nest of ravens. There you will find the prize. I do like prizes. Who said that? Bogma, that, that was... Bogma recalled one of your card oh. readings had something to do with a nest of ravens. We would we would learn about our enemy and find the prize. Hmm. Well, if that's the case, then we know that our enemy. Ergoth, you see a hole in the roof of this building that looks like it was ready-made for birds, and a raven comes out of it. And another one sort of steps up onto the perch and looks down at you. And now there's like five or six. 
so it's sort of like a beehive, but with r ravens. ravens. But not ravens. That is, yeah, and that is not like, again, this is my sort of nature background. That, it's a raven hive. Yeah, that's not, ravens don't build beehives. <laughs> so whatever these things are, <laughs> they are utterly unnatural. Uh, uh, whatever they are, do you think they know that we're onto them? Roll insight. I do, or yeah, Urgoth. either or both. I was asking Urgoth. Um, then Urgoth can roll it. Uh, what was that insight? Yeah. Okay. And uh, you're looking at them, Urgoth, and you're trying to interpret. Do right. they know? We're that looking you... at them. They're do looking they... at us. And do, I want to know do, if they. You want to know? You want to know if they know that you know that they know. Yep, that's what I want to know. Do you do you know that they know that you know? Um. 13, Urgoth, mm, you're not sure. <clears throat> you're not sure if they know or not that you're on to them. Um, I found... Oh, go ahead. <clears throat> do, we want, do we want to change our plans from this, this bar to investigating a raven hive? It seems like a... Raven hive is in the bar. Oh. The roof of the bar. Gotcha. Well, isn't that convenient? Isn't that convenient? <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I made that clear, but the ravens are perched on the roof of the inn. Well, well, well. Sounds like that's the place to go, huh? Well, if we keep standing out here any longer, they're going to find out that we know something. I think we yep. should just go in. We should just go so, in and see. So right quick, just uh, just uh, can I try one more thing with my staff of bird calls? Yep. Okay, so I, I dimly know that um, that eagles are um, predators of ravens. And so just to cement that these aren't ravens, I expend one more charge and um, uh tap the um, staff of bird calls on the cobblestones and the uh, shriek of a bird of prey uh, echoes down the uh, I, uh, the uh, avenue here. They all look upwards and they all in unison like all together like look at you and they do not react with fear. They know we're on to them now. <laughs> yeah. And Estimate. any doubt about whether or not they knew that you knew that they knew is now cast right. aside. We Estimate. all know that they know now. You know that they know, and they know that you know that they know. So uh, just, just, just FYI to the rest of the group, um, it, uh, this has 10 charges, and it regains 1d6 plus 4 uh, daily at dawn. And you didn't think that a bird call thing was going to be useful in this campaign. And here you are. I thought it might circumstantially be, but what I did know that's like role play wise though, like Urgoth would have one. A hundred percent he would have one. All right. That's what you know. Well, are you going in the bar? I think we are have you to stand do. are you standing and outside staring at the birds on the roof? No, I think at this let's, point let's go we drink. gotta go investigate those birds. I gotta say that I gotta say that I wouldn't have given you this information if you didn't have Urgoth in your party. Like this is totally on Urgoth because he's a bird man. Well, that... If you didn't, if you didn't have Birdman with you, you would have just been told there's birds on the roof, perched on the roof. Well, as has been echoed in the halls of eternity, you gotta love a Birdman. You enter the bar, 
and inside the bar there is a um uh a uh friendly looking chap tending the bar he uh he's got a big bushy beard and wears uh sort of a purplish kind of uh outfit and uh is uh working along there there are a couple of children that are running around and his wife is uh seems to be uh serving and he looks over at you all and he says ho ho welcome welcome travelers welcome to the blue water inn may i interest you in rooms or perhaps some fresh hot beet soup or as it is now we have uh cooked wolf stick a cup of wine for you I'll have two bowls of the hot beet soup and uh, the whiskey whatever whiskey you've got behind the counter we serve wine here I offer pints of purple grape mash number three for three copper or a pint of superior red dragon crush for one silver piece. No whiskey. I. The wine is my family's mark. Well, then I need the the red dragon, baby. He uh, nods and says one silver piece, and it will be two electrum for the two bowls of soup. Well, flipping the money. Electrum is a is like uh, five electrum is one gold, so two fifths of a gold piece. I got it. Uh, yeah. And he says, uh, he pours you a cup of Red Dragon Crush for the silver piece. And, um, you notice as he's tapping it, the, uh, he has to tilt the barrel really far to get the Red Dragon Crush to tap out. Hey, give me the, the dregs? What kind of establishment is this? Uh, he looks hurt. And he says, ugh. In a low, in sort of a low voice, he says, "My supply of wine is nearly gone. My next shipment is overdue from the Wizard of Wine's winery." I say, "Don't worry about it. Give me those dregs. I love them." Um, I snatch the glass back from him and take it down, chew on. It's delicious. Yum yum, and it's it del- is. It is delicious. And I say, yeah. your family's been making this for, for how long? Generations. I can taste it. It's a wonderful... Our family label. It is produced at the Wizard of Wines, but it's our family label. Interesting. You just uh, you got to a place where you needed more, so you outsourced the production? We have a stake in the Wizard. Uh, do, you do, is, wizarding, is... do you do any wizarding yourself? It is, um, it, the Wizard of Wines runs in our family, let us say. So uh, you're no. not, uh, you don't practice any magics. Uh, Except with this wine, of course. But of course. But of course. Because I got to tell you, those birds on the roof were creeping me out on the way in. I figured they were yours, Magic Man. Uh. He uh, he looks forward and says, uh, "Many ravens make their roost here." 
I do not uh, I do not participate in the, the dark magics if, if that is your concern of course not just creepy and then uh, tip a bowl and finish the first one and I'm done uh, he smiles uh, what's everybody else doing I'm gonna get a an herbal tea if I can. Uh, they, do not, they do not have herbal tea, but it does give you a bowl of soup, hot beet soup. And uh, just... he introduces he introduces his name as Erwin Martikoff. Welcome, travelers. My name is Erwin Martikoff, and uh, it is my pleasure to meet your make your acquaintance. I hear your uh, wine shipment has been delayed. Indeed, it has. Is that a common thing in these parts? No, it is quite disturbing. Oh. Do you have any idea what could have happened, you know, to cause this delayed shipment? I, I, I do not. The vineyard and winery is a few miles west of here along the old salvage road salvage road hmm. perhaps um you all appear to be the hearty sort perhaps uh you would be willing to find out what happened to the shipment and i could arrange for payment rooms food whatever. we might need rooms for the night perhaps the top floor top floor uh there are but two floors here um you can certainly uh stay in the uh stay in the upper floors where there are uh several uh several bedded rooms of course you may not have uh my and my wife's or my uh, children's room but we have multiple rooms for guests we'd, we'd and if love... you have an if you have animals they can stay in the stables <laughs> no animals here, but we definitely would like a room, for sure. Well, very, well, very good. Uh, a room is um, bum, 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 bum. one electrum. Burpy is just going to pay him to get the uh, key to the upstairs room, okay. so that later we can go up there and not look weird while we investigate for a <clears throat> raven hive. Yeah. Uh, you, he says, you'll head upstairs. Uh, the uh, stairs to head to the guest rooms are uh, on the outside of the building. Go around the back. You'll find this set of steps that will head up to the to the guest hall, where you will find uh, there are multiple beds. Uh, all the doors are uh, are uh, this key will open any of the doors. Take any empty bed. We have a few guests this eve. Amazing. What's the uh, security situation in this town? Because if we got a veranda, I like to air out, if you know what I mean. Uh, it is, we are relatively safe here from the troubles of the land. Balakia, mean, a little nudity, a little nudity is not going to get me locked in the stocks. I'm sorry? If I, if I if I sit out on the patio naked and air out, is that going to get me locked in the stocks? He, um, 
Uh, I think that, uh, hang on, Urwin looks at you and he says, please do not do that. <laughs> where, where can I go? <laughs> you can air out your, your nudity in the stables or in your room. Ah, stables are, stables are cool. Sure. Gotcha. The horses will not mind if you are naked. There may be a town drunk there. He may be naked as well. Not no stocks for me though, if I'm naked around horses. I mean I would advise you to stay away from uh, hang on. Stay away from Isaac Strazani, but uh Isaac Strazani. Strazani, Isaac Strazani. Isaac Strazani. Who See, are these? Isaac is uh, the burgomaster's man. He is, ah. his, in he is his enforcer. So as like long a as sheriff? Ah, more like a thug. Ah, so as long yeah. as you as long as you do not uh, make trouble with Isaac and you keep to yourself, I think that you sunning your derriere will with what sun we have, which is nay much. I think we'll uh I'm from the hills. I need I need it. I need the, the breeze. There's definitely a, there's definitely breeze, but no sun. The sun shines not in this part of the world. Ever? Ever. Wow. It is always cloudy here in Barovia. That's crazy. That's been well, thank you for your uh, for your kindness and this delicious beet soup. Yeah, the beets and your uh, and your counsel. Um, he says, "Try the wolf steak." I will. Do you have it for breakfast? If you like, I would yeah. love. We have slain wolf. I would love a wolf steak in the morning. All right. I don't, I don't like to eat predators before I go to bed, though. What's everybody else doing? I want to look around, see if there's any okay. cuffs hanging around that might. There are uh, adventure and gold. As you're looking around, there are two guys that look like uh, look kind of thuggish, sitting in the corner of the tap room. Uh, let me see if I've got a picture of either of them. Hang on. Um, I hang on. Maybe I do. I don't know. Come on, Bion and Bo, give me a card to give her. Oh uh, yeah, there's a couple of tufts sort of sitting in the corner. Um, ooh, no, I do not have a picture. Uh, yeah, just thuggish looking dudes. Um, there is, um, <clears throat> roll me a, uh, a D100, please. This is a percentile roll. Okay. Um, there's one guy that um, you notice that is um, looks like a relatively colorfully dressed bard, um, and he is passing by as you um, uh, are uh, looking around and notice these two tufts in the corner, and um, it sort of strikes you as odd because there's not many like bardish looking people. 
and he uh, nods to the uh, barkeep, to um, Irwin, and he heads uh, out the door past you uh, as if he's on some errand uh, somewhere. Or is heading out the door, I guess. That lad looked in a hurry. Um, he's not particularly in a hurry, but just like you asked what you were seeing as you're sort of looking around. And that's what you see is a colorfully dressed barded guy. And then everybody else just sort of looks like, uh, you know, <clears throat> kind of townies. Uh, here's what the bardy dude looks like. Actually, no, I can't show you this because he's got his name, so you don't know. I'm not going to tell you his name. Hey. Oh, that's Rosie. Uh, yep. Yeah. So we're about to wrap it up here in about 10 minutes or so. So, because um, it's almost 10 o'clock. Uh, so that's what you see. A couple of tough, a couple of toughs dudes and a bard that is passing by. You asked, so you wanted to look around and see kind of what was there. And everybody else looks sort of like denizens of the town that are just sort of like eating and maybe a few people staying around. Uh, there are mostly Barovians. There's maybe like a couple of Vistani kind of people as well. So, uh, who has the best charisma? Because it's, it's surely not me. It may be me. <laughs> or is it Bert Beasley? It should uh, be Bert, Bert Beasley. Beasley. He's good at uh, intimidating, and he is good at persuading. I am quite uncharismatic. As I'm a bit of a loner. Burt Beasley uh, is pretty charismatic as long as it's related to you. I got uh, a plus four. Yeah. Certain topics. Bert, I got a plus I'm sure four, you've dealt with hiring and firing. Oh, Burt Beasley has hired and fired more than, you know, Anyone else at Gorkin Sons? Cast, cast your managerial eye on those two ruffians over there. Might they be useful in attacking uh, the tower? Bert Beasley thinks they they could be. They could be for sure. Um, but now he's just he's really interested in uh, you know the ravens upstairs. Uh, but he would be willing to to go and, and see these fellows. Okay. Maybe they can give us some more insight into the Ravens. If they're willing to, uh, you know, join our cause. Yeah, I'm um, not sure what Bert Beasley would be able to, to persuade them with. You know, okay. we don't really have a lot of money. Um, let, let me uh, let me do one other thing. The only sure. person who was talking to uh, Irwin was uh, Wet Rock, right? Uh, the barkeep? Yeah, Irwin, Ir the barkeep. You were the one talking to him, right? Yes, I was. I was and, only... I, and I guess Bagma was as well. She ordered an herbal tea. and then Oh, yeah, that's right. So Bagmo and, uh, Ir and Wet Rock, both of you two roll me a perception check, please. Perception. Check. 
Oh, baby. It's pretty damn good, Wet Rock. We do what we can. Uh, Bogmo, you can roll it too before I tell Wet Rock what he sees to see if you catch it too. So give you a chance to do something with the information if you have it. Amy? Mm -hmm. Roll a perception check. Mm. Nice. Both of you catch it. As he is pouring your beet soups, both of you, he leans forward a little bit. You notice around his neck is a necklace with a small bird feather on it. And it sort of slips out of his um, shirt just a little bit and quickly back in. And he, he smiles at you all and says, I'm glad that you enjoy this. I'm glad that you enjoy the soup. It's delicious. And um, you go over to approach the uh, local toughs whoever these guys are that just look sort of like thuggish guys. They appear to be somewhat drunk uh, as they're sort of uh, imbibing and they, they they have sort of a nasty air about them so to speak. Um, yeah, you guys are seeking some treasure that you think might be here and um, maybe Erwin knows something about it. We will leave you here at this point as we wrap it up for the evening. Lots I think of we're in our groove. And this is another fun session. Lots of things happen. <laughs> I'm glad we got Amy they, back. You we know, learned a little her. about each other that we didn't know before. That's right. There we did. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I will not be keen to spunk with wet rock if we have to share rooms. Well, I mean, the worst uh, thing is that, you know, tonight I'm trying to be respectful, be, which is why we're going to be wanting another pie, you know. That that pie craving is going to come in. Yep, we're going to be watching you like a hawk, though. Well, we'll see you through. It will be interesting to see what happens next. I as can't wait. As now you have, I'm going to go over the uh, side quests that you or the quests that you have been offered. Okay. All right. Okay. Pulling out my notepad. Quest number one the uh, windmill that is torturing Bagamo. Quest number two. The bones of St. Andral have gone missing. Miloge is suspected of being involved. Quest number three. Someone is following you through town. Who is that and why? Quest number four. Erwin um, uh Erwin Martikoff, the owner of the inn, has told you that the wine supply is drying up and is offered to support you in some way to give you something if uh, you find out what's happened to the wine and return the, return the wine service from his family's winery. He says that his family owns the Wizard of Wines, and but the latest shipment hasn't come. Uh, num quest number next. I've lost count. Um, okay. You know that there number five you know that there is a prize that is something to do with uh history 
your card reading, you're recalled from your card reading, told the card of history. Knowledge of the ancient will help you better understand your enemy. She turned over the master of coins, the rogue, and she says, um, I see a nest of ravens. There you will find the prize. And you have come to suspect this might have something to do with it. Okay, those are the things you know. Uh, I would add quest number six. The bones of St. Andral have left the chapel somewhat unprotected. Cool. All right. Okay. I, <clears throat> I've got them all written down. Uh, you also have safety for Irina. Um, you uh, brought Irina here. She is with you. I've kept her quiet because I'm letting you guys do the talking. But um, Irina is quietly sort of following along with you all. She's been with um, us this whole time? Yeah. Yeah. I thought we. So now she knows all about your about your about your taint tanning as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. My airing out. Thank you. I will. Uh, you you brought Irina be referred to in a respectful <laughs> way. <laughs> you you've you've brought Irina Konovalova. You've brought Irina Konovalova here on the request of her of her stepbrother. Or I thought brother. we were supposed. To, oh, we we're supposed yes, to bring her to the Burgermeister. You were but, supposed to bring her to Vlach. Okay. Burgermaster or no Burgermaster, Ismark just told you to bring her to Velaki because he felt like maybe she would be safer in Velaki. Velaki well, all of a sudden doesn't seem... All of a sudden, Velaki seems not like a super safe place. Yep. Okay. We forgot about her. Yep. Arena, <laughs> I'm I'm reminding you because Arena is with you and she is... Uh, Arena, Arena basically has said uh, she's in this something must be done to stop to stop the devil and uh, uh, she's in it with you she's interested in whatever can be done to free the Barovian the big quest is what can be done to free the Barovians from this terror that has befallen them um, and your ultimate goal the ultimate goal here is arena's safety your salvation how do you get out of this hell because you and guys got yeah. you guys basically got trapped here uh like while doing a mission for uh, the Duchess of Daggerford. So the quest is, how do you get out of here and how do you free the Barovians from this hell that they are trapped in? Is the ultimate big quest. Those are the things you know. Those are the small quests that you have available to you at this time. You are in the Blue Water Inn in Velaki, and we will see you next Tuesday for Return of Curses Drop. So excited. This has been really fun. I hope you guys had a good time. This has been a... Curse of Strahd is a lot more uh, intrigue and uh, uh, plot and people than it is uh, just smash, 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 smash. Which I love. The well, we I guess next the, week we need, to, we need to pick one of these, these side quests to cross off. I think we do too. Start figuring out what you're going to do. Um, can I offer one piece of advice outside of... Um, uh, tell people what you want um, you don't trust people but like talk to some folks if you play coy the entire time and don't ever like like come out and like talk to people they're you you're gonna have a harder time figuring things out yeah so you can't play coy the entire time we'll see you guys next week all right Bye. farewell Bye. thanks Jeff good night